Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, the host of Funding the Dream. You are listening to episode 92. 92 episodes. Wow, we have had a great ride. And I want to tell everyone who's listening, and a lot of you are new and have joined the podcast just recently because I'm watching the numbers just climb. And we've had thousands of listens uh, just in the last couple of weeks. Um, we're about to hit our 150,000th listen. And I want to say thank you. It's been amazing to be able to do the show and talk about Kickstarter and crowdfunding. We've had a lot of fun. I've had so much fun that we are launching a crowdfunding academy at the uh, 1st of November to help people because I've been reached out and talked to and people are asking a lot of questions and I I found a forum and a way to give back some of that information. Here on the podcast, we have great information coming from a lot of our guests and I've taken a lot of that and put it into the academy. Look for it on thegamewhisperer.com. And I'd like to invite you to reach out to me. You can find me at on Twitter at Richard Bliss, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Richard Bliss. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm going to let you guess how you can find me. Yep, Richard Bliss. Uh, there's a theme going on here. Or you can find thegamewhisperer.com uh, is a, uh, for my gaming side of the blog. And we talk a lot about crowdfunding and a lot of things to learn. The reason you're listening, and you know that I don't talk about or cover active Kickstarter projects for the, for the purpose of promotion. What we do, and this podcast has always been about learning the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the right things and the wrong things, the successes and the failures, and how to do it. And that's why I have the guest on that I do to help you, the listener, when you get ready to do your Kickstarter project, because that's why you're listening, because you're going to have a Kickstarter project coming up pretty soon. You're going to tell me about it. We're going to be able to take a look at it. But you need some answers. So I invited my guests on this episode. Is somebody who's got some answers. And the reason he's got some answers is that he's had a successful Kickstarter project, but it wasn't easy. And he learned some good things and he learned some bad things. And he's been very active out on the forums and, and telling people and sharing how they can be successful. And so I thought, you know what? Let's just bring him on the show and he can share that and impart that wisdom with us. His name is Adam Danielski. His project was called Grin. It successfully funded um, more than $7,000 to, uh, to publish his book. And I've welcomed him to the show. Adam, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Richard. Well, Adam, you have, uh, you have been very active, active excuse me, on the forums, on LinkedIn forums, on Twitter, and a whole variety I can't even talk on a whole bunch of other places. And your conversation has been very active about Kickstarter. And I kind of use, you know, a lot of people going into Kickstarter kind of have rose-colored glasses and everything's rosy and everything's great. And sometimes I, I suffer from that. I often suffer from that. But you've kind of come in with a grounded approach to Kickstarter. And I wanted to talk about that. But before we do, I'd like to, you to share with the audience kind of grin your project, kind of what it was and kind of how it came about. Okay. So about a, a couple of years ago, uh, I gotten unemployed and I, I didn't want to sit around and kind of col- just collect a paycheck while I was looking for work uh, because I had done that, uh, you know, time before. I actually wanted to do something productive with it. And so I had written a kind of a one page, uh, you know, story that started out as that, you know, the Cheshire cat, uh, and the beginnings of, of where he came from for Wonderland. And I'm a fan of, uh, you know, old fantasy and uh, fairy tales and uh, just looking at that kind of stuff. So when I came up with this idea for the Cheshire Cat, 
it was something that nobody had ever done before. There are books out there about the Cheshire Cat. There, there are backstories to Alice in Wonderland that, that delve into a more gothic approach to a more uh, modern uh, fantasy where it's, it's more of a, a war-type feel where I wanted to create something that was more of a fantastical image of where the characters that you know and love from Alice in Wonderland kind of came from and their kind of beginnings and and things weren't always the the war torn you know raging on that you see in some of uh, some of the other books like Hatter M and the Looking Glass Wars well, and so I kind of, I, I want so, to create a more realistic approach. So to be clear, this is kind of like I got the sense when I looked at the project and kind of followed it, uh, kind of like what has been done with the uh, the Wicked and the Wizard of Oz type backstory stuff. Right, that's that's correct. Uh, it, with a little bit, little less uh, political uh, theme. Okay. All right, so just having some fun with it um, and taking it. That's interesting. You, have you been drawn to the Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat? Uh, I have. It's it's you know it's a book that I grew up with when I was a child. Uh, f- funny enough, it, you know I didn't read it until I was uh, probably uh, thirteen or fourteen. I actually uh, started out on Ernest Hemingway. Oh wow! How interesting is that? Uh, wonderful reading for a two-year-old to be read to at night. Yes, uh, put him right to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, Jules Verne, uh, Jules Verne, and Ernest Hemingway uh, were a couple of the books that I grew up with, which is you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of the reason why I was into the fantasy genre because these books you know they bring out a lot of imagination for readers. They do. So let, let's talk about your Kickstarter project then, because your Kickstarter project went sixty days. You put it out there. You and I uh, got to know each other right about shortly after it had launched. So let's talk about that process because your experience with Kickstarter has been slightly different than maybe the common person. I, I don't know if that's accurate, but you have a different approach and perspective on this. Right. And I think I think I began by ignoring Kickstarter's suggestion to do a 30-day project. And I thought, well, if I can if I can get it funded in 30 days per Kickstarter, I should be able to at least, you know, make it a little bit longer, make it 60 days. And I had no idea what kind of stress and toll that would take on my, on my mental, physical uh, ability to comprehend and continue on with this project. It was, a, it was very frustrating, to say the least, especially when it got toward the middle of the project. What makes it so hard at 60 days? Because people who are listening, and I've talked about it, but people who are listening who are going to ask you, 60 days isn't longer better. Uh, and the answer to that is actually no. I raised approximately, I'd say, twenty-five hundred to three thousand dollars my first two days, uh, which was which is almost half of my goal. And so I was ecstatic. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to raise this money uh, fairly quickly." Uh, and after the first three days, uh, you know, where I was getting, you know, uh, probably twenty to thirty backers in those first three days, it went down sharply to about one to two backers per day. And even then, it was like you know the 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 backers were were maybe a dollar here or twenty dollars there, which was still exciting. But it wasn't you know I was trying I had a pace that I had envisioned in my mind in order to reach my goal, and and that pace wasn't keeping up. And so every time uh, you know every day that ended and went by, I recalculated in my head, and the price per day kept going up as I grew closer and closer toward the end of the project. And so that. That 60 days then, what you're saying is, is that there was a lot of money in the beginning, a lot of money in the end, and it was just agony, everything in between. Yeah, it was a lot of, you know, I felt like there was something wrong with my project as opposed to 
this is a normal life cycle because most people, if you do a 30-day project, the lull is maybe 10, 10 to 15 days, right. whereas mine was probably 30 to 40 days in between. So that's a, a lot more time to be stressed out about whether you're going to make your goal or not. And you barely made your goal. Right, yeah. I, I, I made it by $110. And one of the things that we talked about, uh, you have joined the – we have a group on LinkedIn for the listeners called Funding the Dream to talk about this type of stuff in writing. And one of the things that you talked about that you and I had a conversation about was that you have to be aware once you've crossed the threshold that just because you've funded doesn't mean you funded, right? Right, exactly. I see a lot of these projects and they, they get their funding within the first, uh, first five days of their project and they still have you know roughly 25 days to go. Well, that's 25 days for people to become financially unable to back the project um, for people to not want to back the project anymore, and Kickstarter has no policy, uh, you know, for for people to they they suggest you don't remove your backer pledge, but they don't have any policy uh, for you to not remove it. So you know, as long as there's still time on that clock, you can do it up until the very last second, remove your pledge, and, and that can hurt some projects. And I, you know, I haven't run into a case study yet where. It has uh, where it's dramatically affected the project outcome, uh, but I assume there's going to be one eventually, and it's going to hurt you know uh, Kickstarter's reputation um, for getting these projects funded. So in your case, you did have somebody back out right at the last minute, right? I did with it with five se- with five minutes left. Uh, I had somebody back out of a I believe it was it was eighty five or a hundred dollars, and you funded by a hundred dollars. Right. So that was, I mean, it was close enough that that could have, uh, without some, and you told me earlier that you took some precautions because you suspected there might that be that possibility, right? Right, exactly. I, I had had um, correspondence with, with this one individual, which made me think that it was very possible that, that it could actually happen um, during, the, during the final few you know, minutes of the project. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that I have my bases covered. So luckily I have some pretty devoted backers and they were willing to kind of uh, put in extra money to kind of cover anything that might not uh, come through. And if they hadn't done that? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have uh, gotten my project funded. You would have missed it by a few dollars. Yeah, it would have literally been nine, 6900 and some odd dollars and it, said, it would have said this project wasn't funded successfully. Oh man, that would have been a heartbreak. Uh, yeah, it's there's nothing more demotivating than than thinking that you're going to reach your goal, especially with 60 days. You've worked really hard, um, you know, uh, and you've done your marketing and you've gone out and you've really worked really hard at, at getting your project out there, only to miss it by, uh, you know, a few hundred dollars. And I've I've actually seen a couple projects that have missed it by, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars. But it's still – I don't think that there's you know, a, a bigger – the closer you are, the more demotivating it is to, to kind of uh, redo that project and put it back out there. Yeah, but you said something here that needs to really be drilled in I think and you and I have talked about that because you and I have had an experience where you and I have backed projects. We talked about this earlier and then had received almost zero communication with the project owner. And in this case, you anticipated that there might be a problem because you had already established a communication with this backer. Right, and he was he was a little aggressive when I first talked to him. Uh, I, I didn't share with you his his initial finding, but he he questioned 
my understanding of what I had written and uh, what I originally was basing my writings off of, which was which was a little confrontational at first. And so I, I had a little bit been taken aback, and I was a little shocked when he actually backed my project. Interesting. Now, one of the things that happened then is that when your project ended um, – and this, and you had this encounter, and this kind of saw this experience. You went out on on uh, on the forums, on LinkedIn, and a few of the forums, and kind of talked about. Um, I'm going to say you were you were a little irritated, um, not at all of us and everything, but I think that you were carrying a little bit from the emotion from this experience, and you came across a little bit aggressive in some of your posts. And and you and I have talked about that. That was inadvertent, but it was kind of picked up by a lot of people. Kind of what was going through your head, and, and what what was it you were trying to communicate there? I, I think my anger was more at Kickstarter that that they could allow something like this to come that, that close to happen. There, right now on Kickstarter, there's no policy for you know one you know a lot of people are probably thinking oh you know once once my project's funded I'm done, but but that's not the case. You know backers can leave. Uh, actually, in my in the last three days of my project, I probably had six backers actually drop out, and while it wasn't a significant amount of money. That's still six people that you're wondering why they they decided to not back you anymore. And from talking to those people, I actually that I engaged, I found out oh, some of them were kids that didn't actually have money to back projects uh, and stuff like that. And so I started realizing, you know, looking through Kickstarter and their policies, that there's no policy against uh, who can who can back projects as long as you have a way to back a project. Uh, as long as you or- have an Amazon account. Right. As long as you have an Amazon account, you can back a project and nobody asks you any questions about whether that is, you know, your, your actual account or your parents account or, or what's going on there. So it was a little, little concerning to me that I had, you know, one, at least one person said, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, under 13. Uh, you know, I'll ask my mom if I can actually back your project. And I was like, uh, okay, that's, you know, I'm, I, I was a little shocked at that, uh, realization. And, and something else that I brought up on the forums, and I'll bring it up here for the listeners. Uh, I have been in touch with several people, several is too big of a word, a few individuals who have backed projects at the highest level, the five to $10,000 level. They have backed those projects and then pulled out um, because they decided that they didn't like the way the person corresponded or they just changed their mind. And that's one of the things that I want to, you prompted me – your comments prompted me to realize I wanted to, to make this this caveat to people. If you're going to create a project and you're going to put a big, uh, a big reward level out there, be aware that that person who's backing it, you need to find out what are, the, are they really going to back it at $10,000 or $5,000 because you know, it's one thing to lose $100, Adam, right? But if, if it was a $10,000, one of your $10,000 pledge levels – that that would be devastating to a project, particularly if it happened towards the end where you just didn't have the time to make it up. Right, exactly. And I found that, especially with the, with a tight knit Kickstarter community, there's going to be people that are going to reach out to you and kind of try to make up that difference. But but that large of a loss is going to take a lot of uh, a lot of effort to to build up. And and the fact that I, when I you know this individual is talking to me that they do that on a routine basis, I was like, wow. Um, do you you know? you realize that the people at the other end are really going to be a little upset if you're just arbitrarily backing out of their projects that you put in $10,000 and thought that they suddenly had it. So it's something, it's something to be aware of. You know, you bring up another point, um, and that is 
just because the project funded, even after the funding, you still might not get the money, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, when I first funded, uh, they, they give you a caveat. It's going to take 14 days for all the funds to get into your Amazon account. And as I was looking through uh, the the actual transactions, I noticed there there are you know failed transactions in there. So so even if you get funded, you know it doesn't guarantee that that person has the money. There's no there's no checks into whether or not that person actually has the money to fund you. Yeah, let me explain to the listeners how that happens. Uh, many of you might uh, realize that, but here's what happens when you back a project, Kickstarter doesn't take your money. What they do is they hand you off to Amazon. Amazon says, okay, you're going to back this project. And they have put it against a credit card that you have put into your Amazon profile, a credit card or a uh, debit card. If the project, when the project funds, now Kickstarter says, okay, you funded. And they send that command to Amazon, charge all the cards. The card gets charged, but it's very possible that the expiration date's wrong. Uh, out of date, that the card has expired in that time, that there's not enough credit on the card. And so it's very possible that somebody backs you for $500 uh, and they use the debit card that only has a $10, $10 limit. That card's going to get hit, but you're never going to get your money. And that's something that you need to be aware of if you're creating a project. And that's why, Adam, you were talking earlier, reach out, talk to your backers, figure out what's going on and let them know. Yeah, I, I found uh, one one person who I was actually really close to. He was a friend of mine. Uh, he actually had uh, backed me for a hundred dollars, and and toward the end he actually backed out. But he didn't he didn't write me a note or anything. So I thought, okay, maybe maybe it was something that I did, and we can we can actually touch on um, you know the how how to act during the during the thirty days or sixty days that you're doing it because the way you come off is is how your backers see you. But I had actually reached out to him after he took his pledge down, and I said, "Hey, you know, I was just wondering, is it something I did? Um, was it something I said? Was it, you know, what's going on?" And he kind of sat down. He's like, "Hey, I'm having, you know, financial troubles. I, I really, you know, I don't want to be able to uh, say, hey, I'll give you a hundred dollars, and then I can't come through. I really want to. I, I want you to know that, you know, I really want your project to succeed, but I just don't have the money right now." Yeah. Hey, we've only got a couple of minutes, so. You, you've given some great advice. The 60 days is longer is not better. Have a backup plan as you get down to that wire. Uh, reach out to your backers. In the last minute or so, what would you share? What kind of information would you want to share? Advice would you want to give? Just you know, that blunt advice. Uh, the blunt advice for me is that your project, how you present yourself during the life cycle of your project is how your backers are going to see you. So if you are out there posting uh, on Twitter as yourself uh, and your, your, your typical uh, personality comes off as abrasive to people um, and you're generally not a likable person, backers will see that. They will reach out and find you as people have, you know, people have found me on LinkedIn or you know, posts that I've made in other forums and they said, "Hey, I don't like you. I don't like what you said here. I don't believe with your, your ideals." And they'll they'll take take and they'll they'll unback you. And I think you know your your Kickstarter campaign is just that. It's a campaign. You need to act uh, according to if you're running a an actual campaign. You need to be cordial with your Kickstarter uh, backers. You need to. Uh, make sure that they are aware of what's going on. You need to make sure that they're up to date at what's going on. They need to be corresponded with, and, and things need to be positive. If you come off as someone who generally takes it for granted, 
your backers aren't going to want to support your project regardless of how much they believe in it. Uh, and I, I really can't stress that enough because even though I didn't, you know, write anything, uh, you know, substantial that would say, hey, I'm, you know, I take you for granted, give me your money, I deserve it. People took some of my comments uh, in the forums as, as that's how I came across, is that I felt entitled to the money. And everybody has their own perception. And so that, that's just one thing that, that I think, uh, you know, people who are potentially looking to start a Kickstarter project uh, need to realize is that when you make your video, um, you need to make sure that you don't look like you're expecting money or you're expecting someone to do the work. Uh, for you, you need to be the one going out there, kissing the babies, knocking on doors, and doing that stuff, and really becoming the face of your project. Very good advice. Well, we're at, we're out of time. The twenty minutes goes by so fast. Adam, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to share. Thank you, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, episode ninety two. We've been talking to Adam Danielski. His project Grin successfully funded, and he shared some great advice. That 60 days isn't always better, that you should have a backup plan as you get to the end in case somebody backs out. Reach out to your backers so you know them and establish contact with them and be professional out there because these people will find you and they will know who you are. You cannot hide on the internet when you're doing Kickstarter. You've been listening. Hopefully you found something that's been inspiring. Adam's uh, got some great content. You can find him out on on LinkedIn in some of the forums talking about Kickstarter. Some great advice. I would recommend you go listen. You have been listening to Funding the Dream. I'm Richard Bliss, the host. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Take care.